You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday. Happy days are here again as the Pelicans beat the Memphis Grizzlies 109-99, a very big and important win for New Orleans. We're going to break this all down throughout the first two segments. Zion closed out a game. Brandon Ingram was a killer. In crunch time in this game, Drew Holiday set the tone early and you had role players step up. This is exactly how New Orleans wants to play. We'll break it all down for you. And then in the third segment, we're going to take a look at the bubble standings because things are a little tight. We'll give you an update on where things stand, what the outlook is for the Pelicans going forward and get you set as we gear up for the next game, which is going to be on Thursday. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get into the recap, whether you're a new listener or you've been with me for a long time now, tomorrow's show is actually going to be the 800 episode of Locked on Pelicans, which is kind of cool. I appreciate you all sticking with me during all of this time and making me part of your days, whether things are normal or not normal, whatever's going on in the world. I just appreciate you all tuning in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. It really actually helps like more than you realize, and it takes like 30 seconds, like five seconds to hit the button that says subscribe. And then if you can leave a five-star review with a comment and tell a friend about the show. All right. It was another double digit victory by the Pelicans over the Memphis Grizzlies, this time 109-99 in what was a must-win game for New Orleans. They even said it. Everyone kind of knew it after two poor-ish performances, one really bad performance, one kind of bad performance against the Jazz. New Orleans needed to win this one. With six games remaining, they probably need to go 6-0 and to feel safe about getting into the play-in tournament or 5-1 and to have it be like iffy at best. So this was a must-win game. This is also the team that's currently in the eighth spot. You've handled them before, you need to handle them again, and you need to cut down on a lot of the mistakes and the bad play that we saw from the Pelicans, particularly in that Clippers loss. Cutting down on turnovers, getting in out in transition and running. You saw the Pelicans do both of those things. And then you saw big performances by their best players, the guys that are supposed to carry you to the finish line. Zion Williamson, after all the kerfluffle with the minutes and everything he's had, played 25 There was nothing more going on with this team. They just didn't want to play him in a blowout loss to the Clippers. We clearly can put that to bed now. And he was great in this one. So let's start there. 25 minutes for Zion Williamson, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, just 2 turnovers from him. The shooting from the field wasn't great. Just 9 of 21 and only 50% from the free throw line where he got to the line 10 times making 5 of them. But he was impactful in this one and you felt it. They were getting him the ball early and feeding him and the Memphis Grizzlies keyed in on him. And while he wasn't shooting great, he was still making them pay. The Pelicans got into the bonus basically every quarter early because Zion was aggressive, looking to get inside and try and do some damage. Even if he ran into two, three guys, which happened at times, basically building a wall to keep him away from the rim, he was making them pay. And that's what you want to see out of him. Even if he's not having the greatest shooting game, having an impact, a positive impact, 
exactly what you want. And then in the fourth quarter, an area the Pelicans have struggled. Zion comes in. He played 10 minutes in the fourth quarter in this one, most by far, obviously. In 10 minutes of action, he played more minutes than any other Pelican in the fourth quarter. Three of five from the field, nine points in the fourth. Perfect, right? That's what you want. He was scoring. He doesn't look fully good. I think that's safe to say. But he looked like his normal self, basically like imparting his will to a degree on the Memphis Grizzlies and on the game. In the final six minutes of action, he scored six points. Hell yeah, sign me up for that. What's more impressive than those numbers, though, in scoring was he didn't force a lot of things. There was a period where the Pelicans forced shots in the third quarter, and the Grizzlies actually came back and took a lead in this one. But that lead quickly vanished once things got a little bit under control. But Zion wasn't forcing things. It would have been easy for him just to get the ball and try and go. But you saw a drop coverage against him defensively. They backed the bigs up, put a guy like Valanciunas down below to try and take away shots at the rim. And you know what Zion did? He broke out some nifty passing. Again, five assists on the night. We haven't really seen a whole lot of playmaking from him, but he realized there was space to make those passes. We saw a bounce pass from him on a feed for an assist. You saw him make a pass in transition that was really good. He saw the game better than we've ever probably seen from him in this one. For whatever reason, he seemed to take a bit of a step, at least in this game. I don't know if it'll continue. But didn't force things, almost let the game come to him in a way, and took what the defense gave him. Oh, they're going to back off of me? Well, I'm going to have room to make this bounce pass to a cutter that they don't realize is is coming because they're too keyed in on me. It's exactly what you want to see out of Zion Williamson. This was a really good game from him and a really complete game from him. Defensively, he was better than I was expecting. He didn't look good the first two games and did just enough in this one. He doesn't move the best laterally, but did well enough in this one. And that's one of the big reasons why the Pelicans won. The other big reason in this one, there's three. You have Zion Williamson, now Brandon Ingram. B.I. was a fucking killer in this game. There's no other way to say it. This is the type of game you wanted from him, the type of game that makes you feel so good about giving this guy a max contract. 24 points on the night, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 8 of 16 shooting from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 6 of 10 at the line. The Pelicans free throw shooting is something we'll talk about probably tomorrow. But he stepped up. In the fourth quarter, we said Zion scored 6 points. B.I. scored 7 the Pelicans in that quarter put up 30. You, or sorry, you had nine from Zion in the fourth quarter, 10 from Brandon Ingram. In the final six minutes, the Pelicans scored 14 points. Zion had six of those. B.I. had seven and route to 10 in the fourth quarter. Four of five from the field, two of two from deep. There was that one possession where he ripped an early three in the shot clock. And I'm kind of there going, what are you doing? Perfect. I'm glad you took that shot because it swished. That's what you needed to see from him. He was the closer in this one. He was the guy that goes, okay, we need a bucket. I'm going to get you a bucket. You didn't quite see that from him against the Jazz. He had a decent look to win the game, but he didn't have that killer instinct, the guy who was willing to take over the game when the team needed him to do it. He did. He played six minutes, 21 seconds in the fourth and scored 10 points. Perfect. That's what you've got to see out of him um, if you're the Pelicans. And he did it. And that's where you saw this team grow a little bit in this one. Credit to them, credit to the coaching staff too, for making sure everyone was geared up for this game because they came out with the right type of attitude. B.I. was a big, big part of that. He was aggressive. He wanted to try and score early on and get inside. And the Pelicans overall fed off that kind of energy to really attack. 
That's what they needed to do. The game got away from them at one point in the third quarter when they settled, right? When they weren't settling and not just kind of taking the easy things and just being like, oh, whatever, I can rip the shot. They went after it and that's what they did. So the guy who set the tone though was Drew Holiday, who we're going to talk about coming up. And that then extended to a couple of the role players too. And we'll also look at how they played. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs some support to make it through the day. That The latter part is me. Just sitting down all day long is just rough on you, isn't it? Well, no matter what you're doing, the days just are wearing on everyone, I think, a little bit more. You're a little bit less active. But luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets hectic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery? Combine CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it, when it matters most. And to make things even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. You've heard a lot of talk about CBD. Everyone is swearing by this stuff right now. I've used it before and I actually really like it. So go to cbdmd.com right now. Use promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Again, that is cbdmd.com and use promo code NBA for 25% off your order. All right, continuing to talk about the Pelicans' 109-99 win over the Memphis Grizzlies, an absolute must-win for the Pelicans to keep their playoff chances alive. They technically would have still been in the running and not mathematically eliminated, but given that as I'm recording this, and I'll give you an update, of course, in a moment or two here because it's not going to last a whole much long, a whole lot longer, the Spurs are kind of in control of that night spot to a degree right now, and they're up on the 76ers when I'm recording this, which... Uh, isn't great for New Orleans. So hopefully that changes over this final uh, two minutes or so left in this game. So I mentioned that the tone was set early on and you needed this. You could not come out slow. You could not come out sloppy in this one. And you just had to kind of come out with the right mentality. And there were questions if this would happen. You saw the thousand yard stare from JJ Redick. He became a meme basically overnight uh, with what was going on in the Clippers game. It would have been easy for this team to start thinking about other plans being anywhere other than trapped in Orlando, which with a whole lot of basses that they can go and fish and instead go do other things and getting out of there. Just lose, get out. You know, maybe some guys all of a sudden come up with some injuries. That means they don't have to play anymore and you start your summer vacation or your off season a little bit early, but they didn't do that. This team really rebounded well and bounced back mentally in a way that they need to do it. Credit the players for that, but also credit the coaching staff for keeping this team going after what was just really, really ugly. Everyone was upset after that Clippers game. You know, this team wasn't happy about it. And so to come out in the way that they did against the Grizzlies, where they went on a 21 to 10 run to start the game was what you wanted. And it started with Drew Holiday. His final scoring numbers don't look great. Six of 12 from the field. It's not bad. One of three from deep, two of three from the line and 15 points. Cool. Four rebounds from him, three assists, one steal. But he was awesome, wasn't he? You don't, When talking about Drew Holiday, you don't need to look at his stat line. You need to look at John Morant's. 
John Morant, 11 points on the night. 5 of 21 shooting. Dude shot 1 of 10 from deep. I don't think he made his first three till the fourth quarter. Minus 12 for him. He had eight assists. That's good, right? Sure. But he was not impactful in this game. And this isn't the first time Drew Holiday's done it to him. It's not the first time Drew Holiday's done it to, you know, another premier guard in the league. He was just flat out better defensively than John Morant is ready for right now. John Morant probably is going to have nightmares about a game like this. And every other time, basically, that he's played against Drew Holiday in his career so far. The defense and the tone that Drew set by coming out, being aggressive, playing the way that he did... Set the tone for the rest of this team. That's something you can kind of feed off of during all of this. So credit to Drew Holiday for coming out and playing the way he needed to play. To do the exact things that he needed to do. This was all defensive first team Drew Holiday. I don't know if he's getting on the first or second team based on how people are tweeting about their votes. But based off what you saw from him in the first game and then this game, he's making a lot of people look really stupid if they left him off their ballots right now. This is the type of game where Drew matters so, so much. It doesn't always show up in the box score, in the stat chart, but you don't need to look beyond John Morant's line to know the impact Drew Holiday had. He was plus 14 on the night. That's second best to Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball even had some good moments guarding John Morant. He wasn't great in this game. He's not been very good in the bubble at all. And I don't think he's an amazing defender. He's an above average defender at best right now with the Pelicans, kind of consistently all season long. But Drew Holiday broke out the clamps and absolutely shut John Morant down in this game. John Morant, if he wants to lead his team to victories or playoff wins, can't do it going 5 of 21 in almost 40 minutes of action, 39 minutes, and going 1 of 10 from deep. They were just daring him to shoot, and they didn't believe he could do it. You saw Drew Holiday go under every single screen. This was part of the game plan. They come up with pretty good game plans against guards, against... Uh, a guy like Damian Lillard, you double him and get the ball out of his hands and you pick him up early too. Against John Morant, you just dare him to shoot. He's explosive. We've seen the dunks. He absolutely terrifies me sometimes when he goes up for some of those because he comes down so roughly on some of those. They weren't going to let that happen. It was like when they built the wall against Zion in this game, The they did it more or less to John Morant too. No, you're not going to score at the rim. You're going to have to beat a shooting. And he didn't. And they banked on that, bet on that. And it paid off unbelievably well. You know, if he'd gone like three of 10, it's like, okay, whatever. That's good enough to maybe get him a victory to really help him here. Not the case in this one. He was bad, just flat out bad because of the defense that Drew Holiday played. So last week when David Locke was on the show previewing the opening game against the Utah Jazz, he made a really good point. We were talking about kind of like who needs to step up for when Bogdanovich is out for the Jazz. He goes, look, if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are playing well, like that's all you need. Your guys are going to carry you to the end of the line. And I like that. It's basically just like, don't overthink this. Some depth is nice, but it's not the main thing. But New Orleans got a lot of help from their depth in this one, particularly at key times and especially in the third quarter. And the two guys that come to mind with this, obviously, are going to be J.J. Redick and Josh Hart. Combined for 31 points on the night, 16 for J.J., 15 for Josh Hart, and just did like everything you wanted out of these guys. They were really important to the victory. Josh Hart is just play his last name sums him up perfectly right just spell it a little bit differently he gives you so much out there on the court that he's impossible not to root for and every team wants a dude like this 
Came in, hit two of three from deep. Those two threes in the third quarter really kind of helping turn the tide when New Orleans was settling a little bit and starting to lose. That's the only quarter they lost. They got outscored by Memphis 23-21, to and at one point, you saw Memphis take the lead. But Josh Hart came in off the bench, hit those two threes, which really turned things around a little bit for him. And that was important. J.J. Redick was key at all periods during this game, providing that three-point shooting you need from him, three of seven from deep. He also got to the line five times, hitting three of them. Just, man, the foul shooting from New Orleans was bad in this one. But he also chipped in two rebounds and did everything right two assists as well he's been reaching deep into that veteran bag you've seen it from him particularly over these first three games being almost a playmaker at times that's not what he does he dribbles probably a little more than you like at times but he's dribbling to kind of keep things going to bide time till someone cuts or someone gets open and having guys like this off the bench that can fill a lot of these different roles so unbelievably important for a team. Your stars are the horses that are going to carry you to the end. We talked about Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Drew Holiday. But you also need guys in close games to help you. And J.J. Redick and Josh Harp, particularly with the rebounding, ending possessions, those defensive terminators that they've called them that they want to have on the team, are big. Both these guys. Two huge additions for the Pelicans this offseason. Neither of which are really starters, but you've got to have guys that do that. And when you start to shorten up the rotation, and I think you're going to start to see it. You didn't see Etwan Moore in this one. You didn't see Kenrich Williams in this one. Frank Jackson just got two minutes. You saw Nikhil get five minutes or so in the first half. Those guys are going to start losing playing time, and they're going to probably cut two more spots from this rotation. If you get 25 solid minutes out of Josh Hart, I don't really have much to complain about anything he did in this game. Same for J.J. Redick, who's given you close to 30, 29 minutes on the night. When you feel that you have guys on the bench that you can give more minutes to that are really quality NBA guys like this, it's just going to make you a little bit better. You like what you saw from Frank Jackson a little bit and the aggressiveness in the two minutes that he played. I didn't hate what Nikhil was doing out there um, for a stretch. He wasn't great in this game. So if you can give those minutes to other guys you're going to be a better team. And when these five next games really, really matter, shortening the rotation and going with your best guys is probably the way to go. And you feel good about the Pelicans' depth shining through. So we got an update from the Spurs game. They just lost. If the Pelicans make the playoffs, everyone be sure to sh uh, to tattoo Shake Milton's name on your, on your body somewhere. So given that, things are really tight for the bubble bubble teams here in the NBA's restart. So let's talk about that coming up here in the next segment of the show. And I'll give you a couple other observations from the bubble that I've seen so far. So the past week has been really fun because sports are back. There is NBA basketball. There's some baseball when it's not all getting stopped. I've watched Premier Lacrosse. I'm a big racing guy in Formula One. I've tuned into that. Soccer is winding down, but that's going to be back before we know it. It's awesome. We've been waiting for days like this since March when everything shut down. And now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, and you should that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball and basketball, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. It's really easy. You bet, you win, they pay, like Pelicans minus five over the Memphis Grizzlies. Feeling good about the Pels, feeling good about any other team, be sure to check out my bookie's 
future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with basketball or baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, it means hockey and football too. My bookie's already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they're going to toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. Free money right there from my bookie. All you've got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA at sign up, and that's it. Just go to my bookie and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right, so with the Spurs loss, things are pretty tight here in the Western Conference with the bubble bubble teams. Basically, since the debacle that was the Clippers game, everything has gone well for the Pelicans other than the Suns beating the Mavericks. You've seen uh, Memphis now lose twice. You've seen Portland lose as well. You've seen the Spurs lose, which really needed to kind of happen in this one because this was one of their tougher games. And frankly, it all looks good. New Orleans is right back in the mix of things. They haven't played particularly great, but getting this win last night was important. And then the other teams failing to take care of business when they had opportunities to do so, the Kings have looked bad during all of this, uh, is exactly what they needed. So they are right there in the mix. It's still the Grizzlies in eighth, but now it's the Blazers in ninth. They're still kind of the front runner. Then it's the Spurs. Then it's the Pelicans. Then it's the Kings. We're not even really talking about the Suns in all of this. The Pelicans have the easiest schedule going forward. The only team whose opponent's winning percentage are under 500. The Blazers hit a murderer's row of things. Memphis hits a bit of a murderer's row of things too, as do the Spurs. Spurs, if they could have stolen that game against the Sixers last night, would have felt really good. They're not going to now. And don't forget, the Pelicans do play the Spurs coming up on Sunday. So that's going to be a big game too. So things are tight and that's... Fine. I still think when you look at this, the Pelicans' schedule gives them advantage, but they are probably going to need to win four out of these next five, ideally five. That's not easy to do going forward. And the longest winning streak they've had all season is four games. So you're kind of going against what you've seen from them, but everything's kind of different right now. And also this team's a little bit different with Zion probably going to be playing more than 25 minutes the next game, particularly because the team has two days rest. Their next game isn't till Thursday. So they're having an off day today. When you're listening to this, they're going to have a practice on Thursday, I'm sure. And then go into the game on Thursday. Second night of a back-to-back is going to be on Friday. That's going to be against the Washington Wizards though. No John Wall, no Bradley Beal, no Bertons for that team. Then another day off, and then you play the San Antonio Spurs. There's a lot coming, but given the way the schedule's kind of gone, it's not terrible. It's easy opponents, easy-ish opponents, we should say, but things kind of breaking in the right way. That second night of a back-to-back is brutal in this sort of thing, even with a lack of travel. When everyone's still kind of working their way back into shape, you saw it. The Grizzlies came out a little bit sluggish too, and that probably didn't help them. They played the night before, but I think getting the Wizards on it is probably good. You know, if you were to pick a team, that would probably be it. So I feel okay about the Pelicans' chances. It's not great right now. You really would have liked to have split those games with the Clippers and the Jazz, but that's not the case. But still, things are... Not necessarily in their favor, but at least looking more optimistic than we were a day ago. And that's going to be important. The Pelicans still know that they're in there. They're not ready to give up. And you've got to be thrilled 
about that for them. They're getting meaningful minutes. We've seen this team really step up in crunch time like they did to pull away from the Memphis Grizzlies and show kind of a killer instinct we haven't always seen from them. If they keep it up, things still look pretty good. So uh, I wanted to mention the kind of the bubble stuff. The big thing was that second night of the back-to-back. Guys have looked a little bit rusty in this one, but that's where some of the Pelicans' depth comes in. J.J. Reddick could start. Josh Hart could start for this team. They're not necessarily high-end starters, but they could start, and you're fine with it, right? Nicolo Melli even had a pretty decent game, and we didn't even talk about him after this one. Um, and maybe we'll kind of take a look at how he's been playing um, in tomorrow's show. So you feel good that the depth can really shine through during all of this. So not ready to count this team out yet. It's still an uphill climb, but not ready to count them out. So overall, it's been a good two days for the Pelicans. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Just click that subscribe button. That's it. You'll get the latest episode. It's always out sometime shortly after midnight for you all. The only show that's five days a week and bringing you everything you want to know about this team as basketball is back. And it is a whole lot of fun to be back with you all. So big thanks to CBDMD. Go to CBDMD.com for 25% off if you use promo code uh, NBA. And then of course, go to my bookie, use promo code locked on NBA at sign up for some free money as well. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.